Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second podcast for the Dinah Dads podcast, second episode. Um, as before, this is Seth, your host. My co-host, Cameron, is with me today. And then also, I have a very special guest we're going to interview and get into later, everybody, Moto Sarge. How's everyone doing? Um, just to give everybody a little bit of an update, since this is our second episode, uh, I've first episode is uploaded. If you know you haven't gone and listened to it, go ahead and do that. Uh, it, we've been getting some pretty good feedback for the most part. Uh, Moto Sarge, you were one of the first ones to listen to it, and if for the it was pretty good feedback from you, I believe. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, if pretty much everybody that I've talked to, the only complaint was the intro was a little bit long with the music, but uh, we'll get that fixed and we'll cut that back a little bit. Uh, There was one awkward couple second pause, and it was because me and my brother had a slight technical issue with a webcam that shut off randomly, and I didn't know if the audio was going to be damaged or not. So now those will go away too, and you know, the more we warm up to all this and kind of get into it more comfortable the it'll go along smoother and then uh the one thing that i didn't talk about that i wanted to kind of mention that i forgot was things that we will never talk about on this podcast i promise you guys is anything politics wise on this podcast all that bullshit is out the window it's not I get annoyed by it. I know everybody else is probably annoyed by it. So I just kind of wanted to put the announcement out there. No politics on here. It's not my thing. We hear enough of it in the news. It's annoying enough. Don't need to get any of it on this podcast. And this podcast, it's about family and motorcycles. Nothing else. Nothing else really matters when it comes to this. So that's, I just wanted to let everybody know that anything like that, not going to happen. And then also, just kind of let you guys know, yeah, the the few pauses intro that's going to get fixed. So, and then also, I wanted to talk about the Alabama Dinah Dads meetup that I spoke about a couple weeks ago. I wanted to do it on March 18th, but I'm not sure it's going to be able to happen. I'm having a hard place to find for everybody to meet up at, and then go somewhere else uh the the covid stuff does kind of complicate it a little bit so if you know of any good ideas moto sarge you're actually very familiar with the area um mm-hmm. if you have any ideas just let me know if a place that be nice maybe in between alabama and georgia to be able to meet up in another place we can ride to from there so that's just a little update on that i'm trying guys it's uh just a little bit hard right now and then also the cali meetup Uh, I know that I had, I don't know how many messages about the Cali meetup that I spoke about. Right now, it's still going to happen about, I don't have a for sure date, but it should be first or second week of October. Uh, We are trying to find a location for that. I have a little more time. I have a few ideas of what you guys pitched. Uh, The biggest thing is more than likely between San Francisco and L.A., Seems to be two super popular areas for everybody and everybody that told me their locations when I asked. So somewhere between 
then and now I'll figure out a location. And like I said, I'll give you guys three to four month uh, heads up before we actually, you know, plan it. So everybody knows everybody can kind of plan it. It will for sure be on a Saturday. Uh, We'll just plan a ride and meet up everywhere and just kind of meet. It'd be exciting to meet all you guys and see where everybody's from and all the different bikes and everything. So that's just a little update on the Cali meetup. But yeah, that should be it for about our our updates and everything. I'm ready to I'm excited to get into this podcast. Like I said before, my guest today, Moto Sarge. If any of you guys have followed the page for the past couple of years, well, since we really started, um, I've followed or I've shared Moto Sarge's bike and pictures. I don't know how many times it's rough. Every time you, you post a picture, we try to share it. Ever since you you really started um, following us, we've been posting your pictures. I don't remember the exact post you sent in the first time. I, I want to say it was of you and your older daughter. Could have been, or, yeah. It's been it, it's been a lot of shots that I've I've sent in. Yeah, I I want to say it was it maybe a bike show or a bike meetup you guys went to. You sent me a picture in, but um. There's been so many of them, and you've sent mm-hmm. so many more in, or tagged us in more with, with all your kids. It's it's been uh, awesome, especially seeing your uh, your kids. I've I've now you followed us long <laughs> enough, and I've seen them. I've been seeing them actually grow up, and uh, your YouTube channel grow, your followers mm-hmm. on Instagram grow. Um, so I just kind of want to get into this, and uh, I just want to tell you guys for main reason I picked him was. He just, we've had him on here for years. He's always tagged us. He's been rocking our Dynadad swing arm sticker for a couple of years now mm-hmm. uh, on his on his bike. So it's always been cool that you've stuck with that and uh, repped us. And you always tag us. So it's always cool to to get that and uh, everything from that. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do for a living. So uh, originally I'm from California. Uh, grew up in, uh, 45 minutes North of Sacramento. So Northern California. And, uh, right now, last 10 years, I was a combat medic for the United States army. And currently I'm working as a medical recruiter. So I got a desk job. It's kind of different. See, I did not know you were from California. (laughs) Yeah. That's when, when we first linked up, man, I was like, that's kind of, kind of crazy. Cause when we first started talking, you were out that way. Yeah. So how long were you in California? Uh, so I lived there till I was about 24. So it's been, been over 10 years since, since I've been out that way. Oh, okay. Oh, I did. I did not know that. I thought you were born and raised down here in the South and from the, mm-hmm. yeah, from this area. So how much are you liking your desk job compared to your old one? So old one was, uh, more up my alley but the family enjoys me being home every night. So I'll say this job is better. Yeah, I could, I could imagine that you were probably, you were probably gone a lot before. Mm. Uh, yep. Did you now did, were you tours or anything? Yeah. I've only, luckily uh, I've only done one tour. I did a tour in 2010 uh, to Iraq. And then, um, once I came back, we, we ended up moving. I ended up doing some time four years out in Hawaii. So that wasn't, 
wasn't bad after deployment, you know, spending a year in the box and then going to Hawaii afterwards. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I could only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Now, was your family out with you during that? Yeah, out in Hawaii. They were with me oh, out there. That's sweet. That's not a job. That's a vacation. I'd love to, for my yes. job to be like, hey, we're going to send you to Hawaii for four years. You get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so what, since you were in the, you've been in the military for how long now? For 11 years now. So you've, and now you've done a tour, you've been in Hawaii. What's one of your favorite, you know, memory story you have from being in there for over 10 years? Uh, as weird as it sounds, deployment. Uh, cause that's when, in my opinion, that's when our job actually, you know, has the most impact. Um, and then that brotherhood sisterhood is hard to find outside of a deployment setting. Like you, you're away from your family. That is your family away from family. Um, so like your brothers that you make or family you make downrange is, is people you talk to for the rest of your life. Dang. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's for sure. A lot of people that you got to get whether you like them or not, you're going to be close with for a while until they tell you go home. Yeah. Um, what was your MOS? Uh, so MOS, originally I was a 68 whiskey. So that the combat medic or on paper, it's called healthcare specialist. Um, so I was that MOS for 10 and then recently switched over to now it's a 79 Romeo, which is a, a recruiter. So what made you become a medic in the military? What turned you towards that? Uh, what was that? I was 24. Wife and I, we had had my oldest daughter at the time. I was working at a financial institution. So um, doing like personal banking and stuff. But I had my emergency medical technician uh, basic certification. Um, and I was looking at doing paramedic school. But paramedic school back when I was 24 um, with the kid already and in California, it was kind of expensive. So I walked, I actually walked into an air force recruiter <laughs> and, uh, the dude was on his personal cell phone. Didn't even look up from his desk, told me I had to come back. So I walked out, walked right into the army and that was that. Oh, <laughs> my brother's <laughs> laughing and nodding in his head. <laughs> so you had a, so you're 24. So you we were about the same age as me as I had my first my son, my one and only son, I was 24 when he was born, and I couldn't agree more on California being expensive to live in. I, oh, yeah. Moving here to Alabama was uh, not as much of a culture shock as it was price-wise. It is way better here than it is in California. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of kids, uh, how many children do you have, and what's their age range? Is your podcast long enough for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, and i got uh so we got five um oldest is 12 youngest is two uh, yeah so it's and our middle child's seven so our oldest two are actually 12 months and two weeks apart and then the youngest two are about that same uh distance and yeah definitely uh a lot of people look at me sideways and like hey you know that how how that happens i'm like yeah uh, but <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't change yeah. it for the world i was gonna say so it's been a lot of years without sleep yes. and a house that's never clean yeah never clean <laughs> our house is always on the go man <laughs> i was gonna say that because i have one and 
I'm one and done. <laughs> I could not, <laughs> you know, he is super easy. Everyone told us that he was, he, you know, he was in the NICU for three weeks. And um, oh, wow. so he was, his sleep schedule was set. He always slept when we brought him home. And even now it's seven thirty, and he's asleep. So, and he never really cried. So everybody told me that we got a really, really easy child to deal with. And I'm mm-hmm. thought, I don't want to ruin that with more children because I know the next <laughs> one's not going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay safe, man. Our last one, our youngest one is crazy. <laughs> they, they always say that they say, if you have, uh, if you have one more, they're crazy. But if you have one more than that, it's always crazier. The more and more they go down mm-hmm. the younger and younger. So I am not, I, I'm good. I like my one <laughs> son right now. <laughs> so it was, how hard was it being in the military with all your children? So when I joined, we had, we had the two, um, looking back at that now, like that was, it was super easy actually to transition over. Cause like the army lays out a lot of stuff for you, especially mm-hmm. young in your career. You know, you move to an installation, housing is on post, like all your medicals. It's, it's pretty simple to transition. Um, I thought it was just cause I was 24 years old, residential with the family and stuff. Like we already had at the time we thought we had life figured out. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too difficult. Now, add kids into the mix it gets a little bit more stressful when it's time to move and stuff but other than that it's pretty simple so how many years in the military did you have a motorcycle Ooh, um so i didn't get my first motorcycle um in the army until i was stationed out in hawaii so i was probably in the army about six years before i got my um first like street bike um i've had some before the military but i just kind of hung it up once i joined for a little bit i played around on the dirt for a lot in hawaii too so i had a dirt bike and a a zx6r in hawaii and then once i pcs back stateside i told my wife that's it i'm getting hard yeah i gotta imagine being in hawaii that long you have to have a motorcycle i'm sure the riding there was amazing there in hawaii i mean just the on the islands and everything i'm sure that that was some great memories on a motorcycle there i could only imagine oh yeah it's a a lot of fun out there it's pretty much just like a a nascar racetrack you just ride around in circles all day but it's gorgeous so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so let's uh you know what let's let's get into that i um what let's start off with try to remember first to your motorcycle now First motorcycle to now? Yeah, uh, in order, if you can remember them all. I remember my first one, so I grew up on dirt bikes. So first dirt bike I ever had was an old RM60, RM60, 65. It was old. Like, this thing was old, man. I'm telling you, I was like, I think I was like under 10 years old. Um, never rode a dirt bike before, you know, so of course, throwing a leg, figuring out the clutch. <laughs> Sub 10 years old was kind of fun. Um, then I will transition over into like the four stroke XR 100. I had a CR 125, um, several other dirt bikes. I, I could probably go on and on about dirt bikes, bounce around between Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki. Um, first motorcycle, uh, was, a or a street bike was, a 2007 Suzuki GX six R or G or Jigster 600. Um, rode that for years. 
And then that was the last bike I had, um, until I got the Kawasaki in Hawaii. So I really grew up dirt bike, street bike, um, until I got my, my Dyna in 2016. Did you buy your Dyna brand new? I did. Oh, okay. I did. Yeah. So got that after we PCS, uh, we actually PCS to Birmingham, Alabama from Hawaii. And I think I was back stateside like six months and walked into my local Harley dealership and didn't really have the fat Bob in mind. Um, I walked out with that bike. You, you didn't make a wrong decision. That's a beautiful bike, man. I, I appreciate it, man. I, there are some fat bobs out there that I'm, I'm just not personally a fan of, but the first time I saw your, your fat Bob, I thought, oh man, that is sweet. That is a badass bike. So, um, now that you've talked about it a little bit, let's go into a little more on that fat Bob. You got a brand new, obviously, what have you done to it and what's your future goals with it? Future mods. So yeah, I got, got a brand new, um, mods that are done to it. First and foremost is the swing arm sticker that adds 15 horsepower. So <laughs> that's on there. Um, <laughs> The first uh, first mod I did was the the Vance and Hines short shots with the FB3 auto tuner, um, and then I I went with like the more slam squatted rear end look. So I did the Burley brand slammer shocks in the rear, um, Memphis Shades Road Warrior fairing, Plex audio, the Hogworks uh, LED headlights, Rogue Rider Industries. I got the Todd Cycle Strip Apes, uh, fourteen inches, and then they're an inch and a half um in diameter i got a lot of questions on like the thickness of my bars uh what else i'm sitting here looking at my bike right now trying yeah. to piece it up <laughs> uh whip whiplash speed company um shorty levers and uh and then also their gambler seat and then recently i switched over i was running the american elite white walls um but switched over to the metzler triple eights recently so i'm kind of enjoying those tires right now too still white walls or not still, yeah still white walls, oh, okay. man i i, I, I was gonna say <laughs> i almost did away with them but uh i, I like them too much it, it stresses my ocd but it's i i just clean it a lot <laughs> i i was gonna say I, I was gonna be very disappointed hearing that you got rid of the white walls because <laughs> that bike looks really good with the white walls so i think i think a lot of people would have been disappointed if you got rid of them I, yeah yeah it just, it goes, there's some bikes out there that you see with the white walls and you're just like, ah, eh, you could probably do away with those, but those white mm -hmm. walls just look, they, they match really well on your bike. So it, that would have been, and I'm going to have to add the 15 horsepower thing to my <laughs> sticker description. Maybe I'll make even more sales. Yeah, it helps, man. It helps. <laughs> what, uh, do you have any more that you plan to do? Cause the one thing about motorcycles is no matter how much you do to it, you're still always going to have something you want to do to it. So do you have any future plans with it? Yeah. So I want to, the, the short shots are good, but you know, like two into one, I want to start doing a little bit more like performance type type stuff to my bike. Like sounds great and stuff, but I think, uh, you know, I could probably get better performance out of two into one. The, the rear shocks, I love the look of them, but it, bike kind of handles not, the greatest with the rake that it has right now. So I'll probably end up, you know, switching out the rear shocks and then maybe do some motor work. Hopefully if I could get Maxwell out here to help me out some. 
Now, does that one have the 103? It does. Yeah. 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 The I have those same short shots on my Super Glide right now, and on my last Street Bob, I had the same short shots, and I switched to two and one and. I some people say there's there's not a huge difference, but man, I felt I felt a big difference in my bike once I switched to the two into one. I had a Thunderheader on my street, Bob. Oh, um, did you? Yeah. And uh, I just came across one for a pretty good price. So I, I threw it on there. And uh, yeah, f- from going from the short shots to a Thunderheader, there was a big difference. Uh, I plan on getting rid of my short shots that I have now. Just the exhaust that I decided to order is a. A long wait so i have eight yeah, yeah. to ten weeks before i get that exhaust in but i can't wait Gosh. for that yeah um yeah i was gonna say that when i first got my bike too the shocks were a little bit shorter in the rear and i was gonna ask you about that handling and any longer distance is it kind of rough even with them being a good brand of shocks it, yeah it is like i i have to um, i don't know if it's because i squatted the rear end but um during my time up in Birmingham, I blew multiple front fork seals. Um, I don't know if that has to do with the the rear end being lowered and it's changing the rake. I don't know what, but um, ride quality as far as long distance goes, like I could definitely feel it a lot sooner. She starts to kind of try to walk around on the interstate too after, you know, you get higher rate of speed. Yeah, and I'm sure that having a passenger on there doesn't help either Right, with them yeah. squatted down like that. Yeah, I'll bottom out super easy over anything. So, do you know what height of shocks you want to go with in the rear yet? Uh, probably like 12 and a half, 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I ended up going with 13 inch legends. And, um, I see it. I, I'm 5'10, 200 pounds. So they, they fit pretty good for me and they're pretty comfortable yeah. compared to the thing I have. The, I think I had the lowrider S shocks on it first. That's what came with them. And those weren't as impressive as everybody bragged about. Yeah. Um, they were good in a straight line, but like you said, in the corners with that little squat, it's, it's weird. The, the bike definitely feels weird with that little squat in it. Mm. Um, so that, yeah, everybody knows uh, for sure has to know that bike. I, if you follow my channel, you've seen that it's the only bike I think I've shared with white walls, but, uh, I, I, it's got to be weekly or every other week. I'm sharing that bike on our page. I share it as much as I can. Cause I, I out of all the fat bobs, like I said before, that's gotta be my favorite fat Bob that I've ever seen. Um, I appreciate that, that, man. And with the, the headlights, is that, were those stock, the dual headlights? I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the fat bobs or did you have to put the dual headlights on? Yeah. So I don't know. I know they stopped doing the duels after 2017 and then they went to the, the new like Cyclops headlight. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, the fat bobs came stock. I, want, I don't know how far back I want to say like 14, maybe um, with the dual headlights. And then also that rear fender in 16 uh, is when 15 or 16 is when they kind of changed their rear fender up a little bit too. Oh, okay. What they got rid of that little no not the how'd they switch up the rear fender so the the rear brake light used to be kind of like a it was just a a light underneath the fender now it's integrated like the led headlight or the led Mm. um brake lights are integrated inside of that fender oh okay that's sweet well now my next question for you is 
the main reason I've shared and the the first I think the first post was kind of why I shared your page. Not only are you a badass in the military, you have a dozen children <laughs> and you have a YouTube channel, which is the, you know, the, I think you, you shared that with me. And that was one of the first posts I think was about your YouTube channel. Yeah. I um, you want to kind of mention us or kind of tell us why, what made you want to start the, that YouTube channel? Yeah. So I was kicking around for probably over a year. Um, but I didn't really lock down like a purpose. Like I didn't want to start a channel without like a deeper meaning of why I'm doing it. Cause you know, any, my opinion, anybody could throw a helmet on or like a camera on their helmet, go around, ride their Harley and just talk about nonsense. I wanted something that we could really like focus on to kind of have like a larger impact to reach more people. Um, so that's how like the lone warriors kind of comes into play. And I don't know if we'll talk about them a little bit later, so I don't want to go too far into it, but I was in that program that does therapy through photography and the, um, the founder reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come on board and help him kind of grow that organization for veterans. So as soon as he did that, that was pretty much my, my stamp. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do that because veterans, you know, are heavily into the motorcycle community. So I'm going to go ahead and start my YouTube channel, do motoblog, and then try to incorporate the Lone Warriors into it as well. So how long have you had the YouTube channel for? Well, I'm coming close to two years now. I actually, I, I wanted to look back to my first video today and kind of get an idea. But yeah, I want to say I'm coming close to two years, maybe like a year and a half. Okay, so yeah, you've had it for a couple of years. Pretty good. How many subscribers are you up to now on that? Uh, 2,400. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's for sure. So it's, yeah, it's, it's doing good now. Like the first, the first like six, seven months, I didn't really take it too serious. You know, I'd post a video here or there. Um, but recently, since I, since I moved down here to Columbus, I started to kind of take it a little bit more serious. Yeah, that's, I think that kind of goes with anything. Um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you have to be consistent. Um, mm -hmm. I think anybody who's wanting to start any type of YouTube or uh, Instagram page, you, you have to be consistent consistently posting to keep people either coming in or you know keep uh keep you updated basically you know you, you post once and then two months later you post again they kind of forget about your instagram youtube i definitely learned that with the instagram page because i know when i first started it took it took a while for anything to get going and out of nowhere it started moving and i just kept kept posting so but yeah it's good to see your your youtube channel grow like that uh, i I can't remember the last time I looked just at your subscribers because I'll watch the videos, but I, I won't look at the subscribers numbers all the time. But yeah, mm -hmm. that has grown a lot because I remember when when I first shared your page, I want to say you weren't even at 200 yet. Yeah, no, I was I stuck around like the 100 to 200 subscriber level for like almost it felt like a year where it was just like teetering right there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been a couple of videos that just happened to trend well. And I think that's what kind of helped, you know, push it up past like the 2000 mark. Yeah. What has been, um, what is one of your goals with the YouTube channel? Do you have anything specific or. Other than, other than trying to find ways to, to try to bring more awareness to the nonprofit, to the Lone warriors. Um, I just like to get out and, you know, make memories. Like I try to bring my kids along with me as much as I can. 
um, incorporate some of the, the, the lone warriors into it. And then I don't know, not really. Like I don't have too many goals. Like I've set like a milestone that I want to hit to, I want to hit 5,000 subscribers here pretty soon or as fast as I can. Um, but mainly, yeah, just to raise awareness to the lone warriors through moto blog. Yeah. That's those, both those goals are amazing, man, especially with, with how much you incorporate your children into them. That's why I love your YouTube channel and your Instagram. It's just, you, you keep your children involved. Um, and which is, can't be easy with how many you have, which we have mentioned a couple of times. Already. <laughs> so since you brought up the lone warriors a couple of times, uh, kind of explain to us what they are, what they do and why you like being a part of them. So they, the founder, he's a prior Marine, um, created them back in 2015. Right. And originally he would just get out and try to help veterans that, that were in need, whether it was like construction or whatnot. Um, but he's heavy into photography too, uh, just started his own photography business as well. Um, so he, he started to just really try to drive more vets to utilize photography as a form of therapy. Cause it really just kind of changes your, your thought process, what you're looking at, you know, when you're driving around, um, to kind of really help like steer you away from certain thoughts or certain feelings that you may have. Um, and he's been pretty pretty good with it for the last few years uh started by doing a lot of like he would gift out camera kits so if veterans were interested in photography to use it as a form of therapy he would gift out kits but that gets really expensive um yeah so it, it being a small nonprofit, you know we've had to kind of look at different ways um to bring more veterans to the program um because it's just right now it's it's the two of us that are that are trying to promote this thing, trying to bring more vets to it. Um, and then also too, with fundraising and stuff like that, you know, through COVID, through this current pandemic, it's, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, through, uh, we've seen a lot funnel through, through the YouTube channel, actually. Yeah. I've seen, I followed lone warriors on, uh, Instagram and, uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, it seems like a lot of pictures sent in. Uh, I know you guys do the, is it one week or one month photo challenges? Yeah. So he's been, we've been doing the photo a day challenge ever since he started the mission program, operation therapy. That's been, that's, that's pretty much our go-to. So that program, you know, we do photo a day challenge monthly. Um, we kind of go back and forth, whether if we're going to post it out to the, to the veterans for like a weekly challenge or a monthly challenge. Um, we actually, we get a bunch of photos when we do contests. So like yeah. we, we ran a contest for, for the drone and like the rules that we had were so lax. Like we were getting so many photos cause we said, Hey, for every photo, you get a point of entry into this contest to win this drone. And all of a sudden we were getting like a hundred photos a day. Oof. <laughs> yep. So, and, and he has some OCD. So if they share it like on our, we have like a kind of private group on Facebook so they could kind of share a photo with a story or try to, you know, interact with another veteran in the program. And it's not really out for everybody to see, but we take all the photos we get in that private group and we share it to all the other social media platforms on the program. So everybody's supporting it could see what's going on. And it's just, yeah, it's nonstop trying to share all these photos we get. Yeah. With you guys now, it's like you said, there's only you and him are a part of the lone warriors or do you guys have more that have been, um, became a part of the group recently? So as of right now, there's, 
there's a total of four um, that are kind of working the scenes and getting everything situated for the for the organization. Now, do you guys do any? Um, uh, you said you're a nonprofit, so is there any place people can donate or help? You know, with this getting out there, that anybody anywhere uh, people can go and help you guys with this project. Yeah, so we have we have a, a website. So it's uh, was it LoneWarriors.org. So they could go to LoneWarriors.org. Um, there's a section there too that if they want to donate something to it, they can. The good thing is is, is um, if they do through the website, they also at the end of the year will get a form from the founder. So that way they could use that on their taxes if they want to get kind of like a tax break for donation to a nonprofit. Um, or they could you know they reach out to me somehow, some way, and then I'll end up funneling to that website. You want to throw in your Instagram tag real quick so people can find you? Yeah, it's simple. Moto Sarge, M-O-T-O-S-A-R-G-E. And if you can't find them somehow like that, just scroll through our photos, and when you see white walls and a fat bob, <laughs> just look at his tag. Yeah. So with the project that you guys have, which is amazing, your guys is, you know, the the goal behind it is is just great because you no matter who you are, where you're at, you always hear of soldiers coming home and there's issues and it sometimes the help I'm going to assume doesn't always actually help. Um, and something like this is photography. I know multiple people, actually my brother, the co-host was very into it. Um, and photography is kind of its own therapy and keeps people's brain, you know, busy doing something else, Mm -hmm. a hobby. So how has photography and this project not only helped you, but do you know of other people who've reached out to you and told you that it's helped them personally also? Yeah. So the biggest success story that, that I've seen firsthand in this program is, uh, from the individual that actually won the drone. Um, he was one of my soldiers actually when I was stationed out in Hawaii. Um, and he ended up getting out to military. He moved, um, moved back towards the Arizona area and then just kind of slowly drifted away. Um, he said he kind of was in like a depression state ish. Um, wasn't really doing too much and then saw the the contest we were running and pulled his camera out the closet. He said it was in the box for years and started taking photos again. Um, since, you know, he's enrolled in college now he's focused on trying to get his degree in some sort of digital marketing. Um, and then he's now utilizing his drone just for, you know, some more therapeutic outlet, which is kind of cool. That's what this program is, is really designed to do is just kind of give you that sense of purpose again. Yeah, that's 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 amazing what you guys are doing, and and that's a, awesome that it helped him personally. It's you know you some people you you never think that you know just pulling out a camera or just finding a different hobby can help a lot, and yeah. uh, getting a free drone always helps. Also, yeah, I, I, I almost <laughs> entered the contest myself, man. I was like, that probably wouldn't look too good though, but yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that contest and I thought, man, that is sweet. I don't, I personally don't, I, I don't know anything about photography. That is for some reason, all my other siblings got that gene. I do not have that gene. I just, I know how to take pictures of my son and sometimes my motorcycle and that's about it, but that's an awesome program. Now, has it 
helped you personally at all getting into photography as much as you have? Yeah, it has. It, it's weird to to try to like put it into words for me because like deployed once my deployment was a while ago, right? Um, but for some reason, when I went from like I'm gonna say real army just because that's what I'm used to to like the recruiting world where I was kind of removed um, from like that team feel right because on recruiting you're kind of just out there in society floating around trying to find the next person to put in uniform um that's where it started to kind of feel a little different to me like where i was out interacting with people i just didn't feel like i was you know vibing with them because they didn't know what i was talking about how i was talking um so that's why i think this program's kind of kind of helped me out a little bit and then with like driving riding you know like depending on who you are, what you did when you're deployed, I feel like I'm a, I'm a scanner, right? So when I'm driving and when I'm riding my motorcycle, I was always scanning the roads. Um, and that's just, just from past experiences, right? Like scanning the roads, um, looking for something that could potentially injure me or who is around me. And with photography, what I noticed was now I'm not driving around looking for like a box on the side of the road or something that's going to blow up or something. Now I'm looking for the next cool shot to pull the dyno up to, to take a, take a shot of. So it's kind of helped me change my mindset back now that I'm stateside. Yeah. See stuff like that. I, I would never have thought of personally. I, I've never, I'm not, I was never in the military, not going to be in the military. And I, I couldn't imagine even what you went through with deployment and how you're, your brain still works how it did while you're deployed, even though you're here. Um, you know, you, you definitely hear of that happen a lot and, uh, mm -hmm. just something so small as just taking pictures and it being a hobby helps so much is I just don't think everybody thinks about it. Um, yep. but that, that is awesome. Just, just to find it, just find that little therapy through a camera is just cool. And you've definitely, taking some badass pictures. One of my favorite pictures of your bike is you were in a, you were somewhere. It was a tunnel with a bunch of lights. Yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, that was in downtown Birmingham. That was, it was shortly after I started the program and I was real big on the photo day challenge. And it was a, what was the challenge? It was called neon lights was, was the focus of that day. And I had heard of the tunnel in downtown Birmingham that at night would alternate between all those colors. So I got home from work. I, I worked in Birmingham. I got home from work that day and I told my wife I was going to go. I hardly ever get to go out and ride my gun at night. Um, <laughs> but uh, rode, rode down to Birmingham super late at night and pulled up right in the center of the road and snapped that shot. And it, it turned out pretty good. Yeah, that was I. I remember you did a video on it. Uh, you didn't, mm. you didn't show the pictures in the video or anything. You posted them on your Instagram and I thought that was, that was a badass area. And I didn't realize that was in Birmingham either. Cause I've only been in Alabama for since end of October. And I still haven't really ventured out as much as I should. Um, and Birmingham only being two hours away, but that, yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite shots of your bike during that. Um, yeah. so what, so since you've gotten your bike, what's how I'm trying to find the way to word this? How has it been being a Dyna dad? Basically, how much do you enjoy the bike, the motorcycle life and sharing it with your children? 
Uh, it's it's hard to get on the bike and ride alone, to be honest. Um, spending that time with them is with five kids. It's hard to get that one-on-one time, right? You know, everybody's trying to fight for your attention and whatnot. But if I throw one of them on the back of the bike, that's their own time. Now, like we used to ride together without like any way to communicate back and forth and they loved it. But once I got like the, the Cardo pack talks on our helmets, now, like we're out riding and they can tell me about their day and not have to worry about their sibling coming in and screaming and shouting because they want something to eat or, you know, so they get their, their one-on-one time. I've kind of gone away. I haven't done too many videos with them uh, lately because I felt like it was getting to a point every time I put them on the bike, it was to do like some sort of dual vlog or something with them. And I want that time to be their time. Um, so yeah, it's definitely kind of helped me get more one-on-one time with the kids for sure. Being throwing them on the dyno and going for a ride. Yeah. I bring in having a, you know, having children and a motorcycle, you have, I don't think some people out there realize how close that brings dads, moms and their children together. Uh, mm-hmm. rides, like you said, just being able to go out and cruise some back roads with your kids. They, especially being able to communicate while riding is nice. Also, I can, uh, I can see how that helps a lot and just going out there and just, you know, talking and riding. I mean, that, that, that that's something none of your children will ever forget. They'll right. always talk about, Hey, or if they're going to school, Hey, me and my dad went out on the bike this weekend. We rode all over. It was so much fun. I was able to talk to him or, um, whatever else you guys did. And, I can kind of understand not making videos while having them mm. with you just because, you know, it does take away a little bit of the them time um, more right. than making a YouTube video. Uh, so back to your photography thing real quick. What my brother wanted me to ask you this camera, what right. camera gear does you use and what's your favorite style of shot? So I have a Nikon. 5300 um but to be 100 percent honest i i use my iphone uh 12 pro max for almost everything i do just because on the bike you know I, I was i was lugging around a camera backpack for the longest time taking the shots and then getting back home pulling the memory card out putting it on the computer doing all the editing and then posting instagram and i'm like man that's just taking so long and then once i did because i don't i don't print any of my shots you know, unless I go out to like a spot where just I'm, I'm taking landscape or something, then I'll take my big rig. But if I'm just out riding, taking pictures of the bike to upload to Instagram, I just use my phone. Yeah, that definitely makes it easy. And it seems like these, these cameras on these phones now are so high quality. Yeah. Insane. Like this new, this new phone I got is just, it's fun to play around with because it has wide angle. I could telephoto. It's just, ever ending i feel and then you know once you snap the shot i use lightroom to do all my editing i have the app on my phone so i can literally like take the picture right then and there and upload it to instagram before i throw back throw my leg back on the bike yeah and that makes it a lot easier than having that memory card multiple memory cards and all the different settings cameras have that i i'm not even going to pretend like i understand any of it honestly you could sit here and i (laughs) i wouldn't know i i I don't know anything about cameras you got a big thumbs up for my brother about the nikon though Um, i saw i I saw that yeah i love i love my nikon i mean you could definitely tell like if you're into photography 
and you look closely, although like when you upload a shot to Instagram, it still like degrades it a bit. You could still tell if a shot's taken if you look close enough, you know, or at least I can. If I look at a shot that I took with my phone or if I look at a shot I took with my camera, I can tell the difference. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know enough, but like from what I've seen my brother do with race cars and dirt track racing and everything. I mean, if you went out there with just regular iPhone, it'd be a little bit different, but yeah. Uh, now, have you ever have you ever gone out and did shots of anybody else's else's bike at a, a bike night or uh, in the Lone Warriors if you're riding together on a group ride? I've done. Um, I took some shots of one of my buddies' bike actually to help him list it and sell it. Um, I've gone. I've gone to a couple like benefit rides and I've just been walking around taking taking shots of people's bikes and stuff, but never like an actual like session where someone's like, hey can you come out and ride with me and take some shots? I'd love to do it though. I mean, probably wouldn't even charge because you just go ride and take some pictures. It's kind of cool. Well, there you go. If you're in the Georgia area now has with you personally or with any of the lone warriors or people who've reached out with the lone warriors, um, has PTSD been an issue and has the photography helped with that also? Yeah, because that's that's one of the main focuses of the program is to help veterans battle PTSD or any other invisible or physical scars left over, you know, from from their service. That's like the main focus. Um, the founder, when he created it, his goal was to to help find a unique form to fight against the twenty two a day. Um, now we'll probably never know, right? Because a lot of us like we we battle it but yet we don't want to tell our brother to our left and right that we're battling it we just try to put our head down and grind through it um but at the end of the day yeah i do think it does help in that area yeah i mean i i can see how a lot of especially in the soldier you guys are you guys are badasses everything you've done so i'm sure that mentally it goes into you know i i don't need to tell anybody about this i'm going to handle this myself which you know, can mm-hmm. turn into a bigger problem. And uh, for anybody who's listening, uh, if you served in the military, anything that we've talked about, PTSD, feel you know down. Reach out to you can reach out to me, and I will push you straight towards Moto Sarge. You can reach out to Moto Sarge. You can reach out to Lone Warriors on Instagram. I, I'm sure they would be happy to message you. So if any of you guys uh personally have anything like this don't be afraid to reach out um especially on my page i I will get back to you as soon as possible and get you to the right people um especially lone warriors i follow them great pictures coming through that page uh for sure i try to catch them all uh as much as i can uh the challenges are cool i definitely like seeing all of those um just reminds me of how bad i am with the camera (laughs) it's fun it's fun to see the progression of all the photos too. Cause you know, when we first started, you know, like, and to see what it is at today and what the veterans are taking shots of, it's, it's just cool to cool to watch. Yeah, it is. It's, and there's, uh, I, I look at the, I definitely pay attention to them and there's definitely people who keep sending in pictures and you can tell that there's, there's definitely better pictures coming through from them, or it's just something that you can tell they like shooting more. Um, mm. The thing I like about your guys' challenge is, you it seems to get people out of their comfort zone and you just give them a random challenge it's something they probably would never think to photo or take a picture of and then it's a mm-hmm. challenge so they do it and they find out that they're actually pretty good at it it comes out to be a, a cool picture yeah um 
now back to the motorcycles. Do you have any goals for a new bike? You test ride them a lot on your YouTube. There was this last one you rode. It seemed like you liked it a lot. Yeah. And, uh, I'm gonna get crucified on a Dyna Dad's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> those new, those new M8s, man, are are just something, uh, something about uh, them. They're they're fun to ride, um, super smooth. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I, I can't, I don't know if I can part ways with the Dyna just because you know where it came from to what it's at now. Um, I don't know if I can, but if I were to get another bike, it'd probably be one of those. I don't know if I'd do the low rider S or that new street Bob with the one fourteen. Um, probably one of those two. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned picking an M eight. So my, uh, subscribers just got cut in half and everybody's going to follow my page. <laughs> oh, <now>. my bad. <laughs> my bad. No, personally, I, and I've shared, uh, multiple dads with M eights, uh, soft tails. And, um, I, I, I don't mind them. I, from what I've been told, uh, they handle amazing. I've never been able to jump on one, uh, and they look really good. And I, I, I guess I'd have to ride one. But like you said, it's you know, Dyna's no longer around. And uh, just to it, say you own a Dyna and yeah. the style of them is just it's it's cool to me, and I, I really like it. But um, I'm afraid if I jumped on one of the newer bikes, I'd like it too much. It's hard. Yeah. Whenever I go for those test ride videos, like majority of the time uh, I'll leave my bike at home. I'll drive down to the dealership and hop on it. Cause I don't want that feeling like get off one of those and instantly hop back on the dyna and be like 10 feet from the dealership and be like, Whoa, the bike's already here. Yeah. yeah so yep. I take that all out the mix and, uh, but yeah, something about the dyna, you know, it's just, I don't think I could part ways with it. Um, and then also I can't see my garage with the dyna and then one of those right because it's in a sense i mean yeah they're completely separate bikes but meant for the same purpose in my mind right to just get out there and slay the hillside or something and have fun for the day um so yeah yeah and the the other thing about taking the the truck to the dealership that would be an awkward conversation with the wife that'd be like hey honey you know good news <laughs> right. i got a new bike bad news is we don't have a truck anymore <laughs> yeah i think she'd be a little bit upset about that but yeah i yep. when you posted that video i was like "Ooh, this he's he sounds a little too excited about this m8 i wonder if he's gonna transfer over to one but man it's from what i what from what i've been told personally they handle the the biggest thing the biggest difference is the handling in the m8s yeah, they from from the little bit of time I get on it, and that's what's hard with like test rides, because you know, like brand new bike rolling off the showroom floor, I can't get out there and throw down crazy miles. But when that GoPro isn't recording, yeah, definitely testing the bike some. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they handle great. I'll give them that; they do handle great. Yeah, they do. I and they they do look good, man. And the other thing is, it's it's another it's a stock bike. So I mean, even if you're able to do your own little things to it, you can make it even feel more comfortable. But you know, if if you like the M8s, you like the M8s. There's nothing nothing against going from a Dyna to an M8. But I mean, there's there's at some point where everybody's going to have to upgrade or you know yeah. just move over. It's something that happens i mean it's sad that the dinos are gone and for whatever reason harley thought it would be a great idea to drop the dyna i never understood it i mean i still don't to this day but so since you're you know 
you you have a range 12 to 7 year olds or 12 to 7 year old and you are a Dyna dad what's something advice wise I, I didn't i didn't send you this one but i just came up with it uh, what's some advice you could give to either a new dad or dads that have a couple of kids that are getting into motorcycles what's some advice that you have for them getting into the motorcycle and dad lifestyle whether it's a dyna street bike supermoto ma anything when they when they show interest to ride with you put them on if it's safe right you know like yeah my big thing with my kids and I think I did it with Paisley. I did a uh, video of it, but like my thing, cause she saw her older sister riding. She wanted to ride with me at the time. She was six. I think she was like five or six when she first got on the back of the Dyna. Um, but one thing that I told them was like, you're not getting on. I took them around the neighborhood and stuff, but I was like, we're not going out on the main roads until your feet could touch the rear pegs. Right. Um, I know they have like extensions or stuff you could buy, but I was like, you need to be able to have your solid foundation. And then to all my kids before they got on the back of the Dyna, I ensured like they knew how to balance and ride their bicycle by themselves too. Cause that way they're on the back of the bike. I know they know how to balance and they're going to listen to my commands and stuff and not be like losing, you know, their thought process when they're back there. Yeah, especially for, you know, you said five or six year old. I mean, that's that's definitely young for um to be put on a motorcycle, which is, I think. Even even better um, because mm -hmm. they learn at five or six, they, they're already understanding what to do and what not to do on a motorcycle. And I think it's one of those things that if you're going to have your kids and you're going to have them on the motorcycle. That five to six range is probably the perfect time to throw them throw them on oh, but yeah. also like you said as long as they can reach um yeah i've taken my two-year-old son on my bike but it, it's up and down a private road that we have on the property and he's in front of me sitting on the tank basically and you know his foot's on top of my <laughs> intake yep. and the left one's <laughs> yeah. on top of my horn i so it'll be a little bit before he's taken around because that was my biggest thing was reaching the foot pegs and keeping his arms around me because Let's be honest, five and six year olds, their focus are is it's just non-existent. They just they um butterfly distracted and on a motorcycle, that's not always good. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. My my youngest boy, it's gonna be heck, he might be 10 before I put him on the back because he gets distracted over everything. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be bad if he gets distracted, pulls and pulls leaning you guys over to one side and mm -hmm. but that's that's part of just learning with the kids and I'm sure that it'll be sooner than you think. I mean, he's, he's already seven and you already have the 12 year old and I'm sure that all that time has flown by and, um, seeing the pictures and not only the pictures, but the, um, interesting videos of dancing on the side of a road <laughs> with your daughter. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm trying to learn this TikTok thing. She's getting, she's at that age. She's doing TikTok. I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't need it. I didn't expect it. I, I was just sitting there and I was just like, I, I didn't expect to see Moto Sarge dancing on Instagram today, but it happened. And so many people liked that video. That was such a cool video. I mean, dad, dad, dad dancing with his daughter and a motorcycle. That's just a, a cool video. That's what it's yeah. about in the motorcycle and dad world for sure. Um, yeah. enjoying it and her, she enjoys it. And I, I think she enjoys being behind the camera also. She, she, she does. Or in yeah. front of it. 
like if I ask her to go for a ride, she asks me what we're filming. I'm like, what, yeah. can, we, can we just go ride? But <laughs> yeah, see, that's awesome. And you can tell that she, she loves that. Yeah. That's just, it's cool. It's cool to see. Uh, definitely with, with motorcycles and dads, it's just cool. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been an, a great interview. Uh, I'm so happy to have you on here and be able to actually talk to you because we've been talking for about two years on and off on Instagram about everything. And uh, it was just cool to finally talk to you and kind of see you everything that you're about and where you came from. It's cool to see that you're from California. I had no idea that you're from over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun, man. I can't believe it's been, it's been like you said, yeah, two years since we started talking before you moved out this way. It's cool yeah, to see the the page grow too. Like that's it's pretty impressive what what Dinah Dads has grown to, and it's been fun to watch too from the outside looking in. And you know, personally, man, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I didn't expect it. I, I really thought that when I started this page, it was just going to be one of those Instagram pages that just kind of, you know, maybe gets up to a thousand followers and dies off. I, I really did, but uh, currently we're at ninety nine hundred and thirty followers. <laughs> Nice. So it is, it is definitely getting up there. And now with a podcast and everything, man, I just, I can't wait to see where this goes. And, uh, we're definitely going to have to get together and get a group or something going and get a ride. Uh, Oh yeah, for sure. I just, I know. No, I, how far am I from you? I'm in Auburn. Oh, you're like 45 minutes. Are you really? Oh, I didn't know that. Where, what area are you in? Uh, I'm, Harris County. Yeah, I'm no so idea. I'm Columbus. So I <laughs> oh, okay. much, yeah, Columbus. Um, I work in Columbus, so yeah, Columbus. But yeah, not oh, far. Okay. I actually, I do a lot of work-related stuff out there at Auburn University. So, oh yeah, man. See now that I know that, I I thought you're farther in Georgia, but I, and just for anybody else, I still don't know anything about Alabama and Georgia. I, I've I've <laughs> driven around this town so many times. It's so confusing. It's such a change from California for sure. Here, oh for is, sure, uh, yeah, it, it's confusing. I don't even pretend to act like I know where I'm going around here. But um, but yeah, man, this has definitely been a great episode. Uh, thank you for coming on and taking time out of your night to answer some questions. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody else has to say about this and. If you have any questions at all for me or Moto Sarge, uh, or if you have any questions about Lone Warriors, go ahead and follow them. Follow at Moto Sarge on Instagram. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to his YouTube channel, which is at Moto Sarge. It's just as you, like your Instagram, right? Yes. Yep. Just like my Instagram. Yeah. Go ahead and go check out his videos. They're fun. Uh, definitely family involved. And if you like photography or just motorcycles, a great YouTube channel, love all of his videos, try to catch him as soon as I can. Um, other than that, man, this has been a great interview. Can't thank you enough for coming on and doing this. Absolutely, man. I've had a, had a lot of fun tonight, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. So, well, that is all for us on this, uh, podcast, uh, for anybody who's listened to this, go ahead and leave us a rate like comment message me what you think uh i definitely like the uh criticism or anywhere we can improve it's i, I might i don't mind it at all uh but yeah this has been episode two for Dinah dads and i'm looking forward to all the the rest of the podcast episodes that we do but uh for now this is all and we will talk to you guys later